it's a cloud. Yeah. So it's 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 validating that your stuff is on the blockchain. So it's probably stored in your computer then. It's stored on every computer that's used on the blockchain. Whoa. So well, okay. that's that's where the world supercomputer thing comes in. It's like mm. when you put it one place, you put it all places. One thing makes up the the one part of the whole. Mm. So you're connecting to the whole of the internet when you go to when you mm. log on to the internet. You yeah. are just you are you're like a drop of water that gets dropped into the ocean. And oh, so you're right. now the whole ocean. You have access. <laughs> you you are part of everything. Mm. And that's what I meant earlier about the mycelium thing, like how birds move together in like these weird formations, like they're, mm. they're a hive mind. That's essentially what a blockchain is. It's a hive mind where if you connect to the hive mind, you are the whole hive mind. You have mm. all of the information in front of you. Yo, what's up? This is Boho Hobo, and we welcome you all back to Bindalism, a philosophy to a self-sufficient lifestyle. The purpose of Bindalism is to unlock authentic perspective as we create a community of like-minded individuals who are living a self-sufficient lifestyle. A self-sufficient lifestyle is one in which a human being is activating their self-awareness to curate an authentic life that keeps them sustained mentally, emotionally, and physically in their adventure towards self-fulfillment. Boho Hobo's mission is to support a community that fosters this culture. We will be interviewing a diverse group of people including artists, creatives, entrepreneurs, and independent thinkers to make this happen. Please join us in this journey as we explore the world and broaden our horizons with discoveries of new perspective. Thank you to everyone who is taking the time to stop by on your journey to give us a listen. We hope you enjoy, and as always, explore endlessly. First off, thanks for joining me today. Yes. Talk about crypto. Crypto. Uh, We're going to talk about all things crypto, Bitcoin, Cardano, Ethereum, Polkadot, and speculate about the future of where all this shit's headed towards. Yep. Uh, There's a lot on the agenda today. Yes. (laughs) But uh, we'll see where it goes. And, a lot of uh, things going on in the world here, in the crypto world. Yeah, and we just had a recent uh, little upswing yeah. to the 40000 mark from 30000 with yeah. Bitcoin. Everybody was calling for a bear market the last mm. few weeks. People thought that it was going to crash yeah. farther down, but uh, potentially the institutions and all the big money whales finally got back in. Stop manipulating as much and like the sediment for like Bitcoin and like crypto being like like from a cell like negative sediment to a positive like it's being adopted a bit bull. And uh, Elon Musk he was talking more about being in support with Bitcoin. Yep, it being more environmentally friendly than what he thought. And that's huge. They got Elon... like that whole like council thing set up now. Oh, what council? Yeah, it's uh, with uh, Michael Saylor. Um, They met up and they formed a committee that's about like crypto environmentalism with Bitcoin. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. And they got like Mara there, Riot, all the big name mining companies. Uh, So they're just trying to push for more of the just more of the legal stuff around using renewable energy with it. 
Right. So. Right. And that was the number one thing why Elon decided to have Tesla not buy any more Bitcoin it was because of the environmental factors, mm. uh, because of China and their uh, taking up most of the mining and the energy. And when China banned crypto like last month, all of the miners in China had to pick up and relocate. And now oh, really? that they've relocated, they're starting to use uh, better renewable energy mm. and not like computers that are like, dipping carbon monoxide out into the air being out so long. So that's probably why uh, Elon has changed his mind or at least mm. changing his mind on it, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. And to kind of like rewind a little bit, uh, I just want to get your like uh, take on how you first started getting into crypto yeah and like how that journey's been mm -hmm. like uh when, when was the first uh like how long ago did you first hear about it um i heard about it back in like 2017 when um it was just like bitcoin there was no real other real anything taking off at that point so i was just like hearing about cryptocurrency and how it, you know it's decentralized from a central government but I didn't really dive any deeper into it than that. Mm. But uh, I actually really started to get into it this year around February is when I bought my first uh, coin, which was Ethereum. Mm. I bought one full Ethereum, um, not really knowing much about it or what I was doing, just that it was starting to take off. And once after I bought it, I started to really dive into like why ethereum was different than bitcoin like mm -hmm. what makes it special like how does the transactions make it decentralized mm -hmm. and like how that whole process works so really this year was the year that i fully got into it and uh like what importance do you see out of blockchain in general well i i mainly see uh confidential uh pr uh verifiable like proof of something on the blockchain. Basically, anybody in the world could look up any information, like you could put a, a marriage certificate on the blockchain mm. and anybody that would want to look up that instead of going through like banks and lawyers and all these third parties that take time to get these documents to you, uh, you're able to look at it instantly and know it's verified. So just the, the fact that it can be it can prove any, almost anything. Like mm -hmm. if you have a certain amount of money in your account, it'll prove that you have that amount of money. Um, and Ethereum does all that? Yes, all blockchains okay. uh, do that. That's the decentralized aspect of it. Um, it's because uh, every every account is given like a secret phrase called a wallet ID. And everybody, ha it's like a username. And everybody has a wallet ID, um, a public one. And then there's your private wallet ID, which is confidential to you. And that's how you like transfer uh, between it, uh, wallets that you own. Mm -hmm. um, so and, what, what led you to being more bullish about Ethereum rather than Bitcoin? Um, like what uh, drew you to Ethereum? What drew me to Ethereum? Uh, pretty much that Ethereum is able to have things build on it, like software applications. Like it's not, it's a layer two solution, which layer one is basically strictly 
transactions like Bitcoin, mm. like you can buy things with it. Like that's the that was the number one use case of it was a digital currency that people could just use to buy things with. Layer two solution is like you can build software on top of the blockchain because the blockchain is really just a giant world computer. Mm. It's a world supercomputer like the Internet where everybody that uses it makes it up. So if nobody's using it, it's essentially useless. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the Internet, like the Internet truly like doesn't technically exist until we've all used it and are connecting with each other. So we're the th we're the nodes, as they mm. say, that are making the entire oops, the entire system up. So um, basically, with that, each computer that uses uh, that makes up a node, like you, like your phone, my phone, everybody that uses Ethereum, <clears throat> their phone is contributing to the giant world supercomputer. Mm. So like your phone has an application on it. Uh, so can this giant world supercomputer. So everybody's computer power is all like combining into the the one giant world supercomputer, and you could build software applications on top of that, like mm. w like what we see with all these alternate coins that aren't Ethereum. And that's mm. how NFTs are able to be made, and that's how a lot of these crazy crypto coins are made, mm. pretty much. And to take a little step back just to see like how all this is playing out yeah. and also i ended up watching ready player one oh, yeah. the other day and um so do you see this all headed towards a vr world of some sort where we're all interconnected with one another with headsets yes. or like a Neuralink of some yeah. sort yeah i think it's only natural mm. last night i was actually watching this thing called a uh, fantastic fungi Mm. Um, and it's just very natural for us to have discovered like the internet and wanting to connect with each other and move in like a, like a giant swarm of birds moves together. They just know like they're all just linked up together and they move as one. So it's 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 a natural thing that happens in the universe that we would want to connect with each other and like share information and basically become a giant organism like mm -hmm. the giant world supercomputer. Um, but fantastic fungi, it's like the mycelium is like underneath us at all times and they connect trees with each other that share nutrients and it stores carbon that the leaves take in and stores it underground. So so you're kind of using the metaphor that you think like how nature is created or like functioning yeah. is in a sense like analogous to how the supercomputers function. Yeah, exactly. And I think mm -hmm. that uh, with that, it's it, we are moving into with the, the like the blockchain is just one aspect of it but we also have vr headsets and vr headsets are basically just video games that you can cover your eyes with that tricks your brain into thinking that you're in that place mm -hmm. um but we'll be able to merge the blockchain with VR and Facebook has like announced that they're making the metaverse, which is in Ready Player One, which is basically just a giant shared video game that everybody can play or everybody is mm -hmm. a part of. So when you log on to the VR, uh, like when you put on your VR headset, you're automatically in the world connecting with all these other people that are walking around playing the game yep. as you are. So Facebook is this like announcing that they're building 
the metaverse or they're they're moving into becoming a metaverse company which they're going to be less of a social media company and more of a metaverse company which they're the first to do this so so when it, you're saying like metaverse what exactly does that mean the metaverse is essentially the the game that everybody shares it's the world that they're in it's the like the it's just a shared universe that's why they call it the metaverse hmm. um Meta as being like multiple, yeah, like universal, yeah, just like, yeah, I'm not sure that makes sense the exact definition, but uh, it's essentially if anybody's seen Ready Player One, Mm. you're on the right track with what a metaverse is. Like, it's essentially a dumbed down version of it is just that it's a giant shared video game. Do you think it'll be like one connected video game or like multiple sort of? parallels parallel universes like represented by each individual video game mm-hmm. sort of like how we have like playstation you have all these discs that have different worlds so yes. to speak um yeah. or do you think it'll all be connected as one universe it would be connected as one universe but like i don't know if you ever played uh, kingdom hearts um yeah, in yeah, kingdom uh, hearts you travel to the different worlds like you know like cinderella's universe or like you know um Alice in Wonderland, like you go to the different worlds. Mm. And so that's essentially what the metaverse is. Like the whole what's what where all these worlds are within, that is the metaverse. And the, each individual world is like the different companies or different games that could be played within the metaverse. Mm. So like we okay. could go So in the, the inter- the internet itself is the metaverse. Yes. In a sense. And then all of the things within that that you can do is like like the shared games that you can all play with each other sort of like you go on to google chrome and like that's your portal into the metaverse let's say but then you can search individual websites and those are like worlds within the entire internet browser of sort yeah yeah that's a that's a good way to look at it okay (laughs) that's a big idea (laughs) it is a big idea and it's it's just being developed like every day um Facebook is the one leading it, which... Why do you think they're leading it, though? Um, be, uh, well, I was reading an article that was basically saying that they're just in the best position mm. to create it because they own Instagram, they own the VR headset Oculus, they own WhatsApp, they own Facebook. So they're collecting on like data on a lot of people already that would they need to build the metaverse. Mm. Like, VR headsets track eye movement, and so they're already having the sensory input from all these people like you know it's just data like it's uh, whatever you do in the game it's it's being fed to some kind of server where they're learning how you use the game and so they Mm -hmm. can make the game better which at the same time you know that is a little weird in my opinion just collecting data on people but that's a different topic Mm -hmm. i feel like (laughs) Okay, so that leads us into, like, why you might think blockchain is important in all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, why isn't it the case that we already have something like this? If we already have VR headsets and, like, we're able to connect to the internet. Like, why is it that we need blockchain for all of this? Have uh, you looked into any of that? Yeah. So, the what makes it good for the blockchain in the metaverse is that all the individual items or, like, gear that you wear in the game or like weapons that you obtain you will actually own those weapons Mm. because they'll be on the blockchain so you'll have 
a little certificate proving that you've owned this the proof hat. of stake um or no like an nft it, basically an nft just a di- like you own the digital copy of that weapon or that item and it's it just proves that you are the owner of it and nobody else is the owner of that one mm. so you own that and you could sell that at any time to other players or you know so like if you bought a digital piece of art at a digital art museum and you go to your VR house where you like cuz everybody has their own little home mm. um you could put your NFTs like on your walls or like wear your NFTs in the metaverse so it's not like it's just a digital picture anymore that you have on your phone mm. it's like yeah it is that cuz you could use that to sell it for cryptos and exchange it for real money but um it proves ownership it proves the ownership that you own it and then when you bring it into the vr world it's like you literally are holding it Mm. um yeah it's almost better than in reality because with reality there's nothing that's signature saying that this let's say audio setup for podcasting that we have here is mine yeah. Someone could come over and steal it, but because of the NFT function, like someone could try to steal it, but or it, make a copy of it. But everyone would still know that it was mine that it was to yours. begin with. Yeah, that's that's why uh, it's a good uh, like with NFTs. It's a good analogy when you think about uh, the Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. Like how many copies and how many ripoffs has there been of the Mona Lisa? But there's only one Mona Lisa. You right. know what I mean. So it's like we'll know that it's the original, um, hmm. but without some artist or some centralized force yes. telling us that this is the, the real copy, yeah, the, exactly. the, the real piece. Exactly. And you won't need to go through a centralized authority that is also inputting all of the data that you because when you send money through a bank, which almost every transaction gets sent through a bank at some point um those go you know to like china there's like banks in china like it hits different poles across the world before it actually gets to your other bank account Mm. it's like when i send you it's not a direct transaction it's not a direct me to you right So, so when i send you 10 bucks it's going through my bank to like four other banks who knows where Mm-hmm. And then finally back to your bank where you get the money. Okay. So with And blockchain, it's like, uh, aren't they using like credit of some sort? Yes. Where it's like, uh, at least this is from my research with Bitcoin, like why Bitcoin's a better alternative or any digital currency for that matter. But like with a bank, they send you, they send like, like you access the transaction by like saying, oh, I want to send money to Derek. Uh, through Venmo or let's say and then like the bank makes an issuance or some sort so it's like uh, I don't know how to explain it it's basically like a thing of credit saying that that transaction went through until the bank can actually fulfill it so that's why we have like the ACH um, the something clearinghouse Hmm. Uh, so the clearinghouse has to wait until they can actually make that process from the bank but they'll make that credit to someone else. So then they can get that money instantly. Yes. Until the bank fulfills that order, so uh-huh. to speak. So yeah. whereas with crypto, it's like I'm directly transacting that currency over to you. Yes. 
Yeah, exactly. It's just a quicker way of processing. I don't know, like, 100% if that's correct. Yeah, but it's pretty complicated. Banks also do this other thing called fractional reserve banking. I don't know if Mm. you know anything about that. But basically, when you deposit $100 into a bank, uh, they, like, on your phone, you look at your bank account on your phone, and you have a, it says $100 in there. But technically, okay. there's not $100 in there. There's just the the IOU. For oh, $100. that's what it's called, yeah. IOU. So it's it's basically, they, they show you that you have $100 in your account, but they'll turn around and take that $100, and they'll take a fraction of it. Like, let's say mm. now you have access to $98 of it. That other fraction, that $2, they turn around and they give that to somebody else. And they say to them that they have also $100. Mm-hmm. So, like, they just keep going from person to person and creating <clears throat> the the illusion of them all having this money. But if but the bank doesn't technically have all that money. It's just one person's money is being used to, sh- to make it seem like there's a lot more money that the bank has. Basically, if everybody tried to pull out that $100 at the same time, mm. the bank wouldn't have all the money because they're fractionally dividing it between mm. people. And when you withdraw money, they're call- they're taking it from those other people. Um, but it still shows in their account that they have yep. it until they then want to withdraw it. So it's their way of like borrowing from other people's money yes. to stay in power. Basically, it's it's not good. So there, it, in a way, it creates money that's not technically there. Right. So people think that there's more money than there really is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you remember the Great Depression, but like when everybody when there was a huge like stock market crash, everybody wants to go withdraw money from the banks, but the banks couldn't do it. Because every because because of this, like they didn't have enough of the money available mm. to give people what they wanted that they said that they had. So the banks are just basically IOUing you the money that you put into your account. So the money when you look at your phone and that hundred dollars basically is just a number. It really technically isn't there mm. until you want to withdraw it. It's just fake. And then they have to find someone else that has the money to yeah, give to you. Yeah, one of the other person they've basically done this to, because this is how banks work. This is what all banks do. This is why centralized banks are not good. Mm. <laughs> we don't. Uh, we also don't know how much uh, like money is in circulation. Like We have zero idea how much printed money there is. But with Bitcoin, we know that there's 10,000 coins. We know where each coin has been since we know the transaction history of each coin we can follow it we can mm. see which wallets own the most bitcoin we cannot do any of that with a centralized bank banks can but we can't access that information through a bank they won't give it to us right with blockchain it's freely available to every person who wants to look at it right now we could i could pull it up on a website it's called etherscan you could pull it up you could see you could find mm. elon musk wallet oh really and you, yeah and you can see how much he has in circulation. You can then, but you don't know it's his, right? You you, you see don't, his... but you can figure it out in certain ways. Hmm. Um, you can oh, kind of wow. like guess in a way. You well, you'll never know for sure, but there are there. I I'm not good at that. 
like I don't do this, but I know that people have been like able to figure out whose wallet is whose just by information that they post or like times mm. that they post. Oh, true. So, um, interesting. So, do you think that we'll see the central banks collapsing of some sort? So, like, I'm I'm more so in the Bitcoin community than Ethereum, uh, as far as like the information that I'm getting, mm-hmm. and a lot of people think that Bitcoin solves the purpose of a central central bank. Bitcoin solves the purpose of a central bank, and so. It solves it better than banks do in the sense of you're able to store value, mm-hmm. store wealth, um, while also make transactions with one another. Um, do you think that the technology in place has the possibility to disrupt the banking industry? Uh, yes. Uh, as long as it gets adopted, um, it will. I, basically, do you think we'll see that in our lifetime? Yes. I think in the next few years, as. Uh, crypto becomes more widely recognized and like people start seeing the opportunities that can be made through the blockchain um central banks will not have as much power because less people will be needing to use the bank because the only reason everybody uses a central bank is because that's the only system in place Hmm. there has never been a digital decentralized version of the bank and for good reason because they the central banks wanted to stay in power and not give up any of that so as as we get farther in development i i can definitely see bitcoin ethereum any any cryptocurrency could become widely adopted and be the number one use of like we'll basically most likely get rid of the u.s dollar because inflation is starting to become really bad right. because we're just printing thousands and thousands of dollars that aren't really getting like they're not going into circulation as fast and so people won't be able to like use that money and prices of things will go up mm-hmm. so i basically inflation and the value of the dollar will go down which will then cause the value of cryptos to go up because you the 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 amount of cryptos that you're about like able to buy with a dollar will mm. go down. So the cost to buy oh, cryptos right. will go up mm-hmm. as a result of that. So that's why everybody is starting to think that uh, cryptos are a great store of value because as the US dollar goes down, um, there's not really much you can do. Your your $1,000 in a few years will be like $700 in purchasing power. Mm. You know, so... People are starting to move it into Bitcoin, which is like digital gold. Um, which now, do you own any Bitcoin? I own very little Bitcoin, actually. Okay. I I move my stuff into things that I think are going to rise in price over a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I would be long on Bitcoin, like a long-term investor. Um, but that's my end goal, is once I make enough profits and once I own enough other coins i mean you're able to swap coins into other coins Mm. my end goal is to swap everything back into bitcoin and just hold that and not touch it because bitcoin moves very slow like in comparison to in comparison the all the other coins like bitcoin in the last few months it's it's moved from like 30 to 60,000 which is a lot if you have 30 or 60,000 dollars like if you had 
one Bitcoin at $30,000 and it goes to 60, that's obviously a lot of money. Like that's double your money. But if you only put in about $1,000 at 30,000 and it goes to 60,000, you're now only at $2,000 profits. Mm-hmm. So it's really like your your ability to invest and get a better return on investment is a lot lower with Bitcoin. Um, but Bitcoin is more safe as in it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Like it mm. will be there as a store of value. And it's not going to tank as hard. It's not going to tank as hard. It might not ever tank. Mm. It might just keep going to 100,000. Some people speculate that it'll go to like a million dollars per Bitcoin. It's it's truly a speculation game. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's where all the utilities and the use cases come in because there will be some adopted coin like Cardano, Ethereum, Bitcoin. Any one of them could be the standard, you know, the Google of payments. Um, and like that, that when that happens, that coin will be the number one used um, cryptocurrency. Okay. So last time we talked about this, you said you were um, mainly in Cardano. Yes. You switched over. Did you switch from like a... Th- like first year Ethereum, because mm-hmm. I remember like the progression of this, where like the very first time you were talking, you were really bullish into Ethereum, and then the second time you were like, "Oh, I'm in Cardano." Yeah. Like, uh, what happened with that switch? <laughs> well, I I just started doing more research. Okay. <laughs> you know, more and more research. I still am super bullish on Ethereum, mainly because it's it. Well, one, it's out. Cardano is technically not a working product right now. Mm-hmm. It will be. In the, I think it's next month that they're releasing it in August. I think August 30th is when the Gogan net releases, which is when the smart contracts will be able to get deployed so people can actually start making transactions and using Cardano as a payment source. Like, So I could send you money on the Cardano blockchain. Okay. Um, but right now it's, it's not that, but Ethereum is. Um, and Ethereum is really good for nfts right now like it's the number one thing to make nfts on so Mm. i'm bullish on both honestly but i own the most of cardano because i can see cardano being better than ethereum like it it will do everything that ethereum does and more because Mm. it is a proof of stake cryptocurrency and ethereum is a proof of work which is a pretty complicated thing to explain but i'll try to explain what that is yeah and then they were also saying how ethereum is moving over to proof of stake yes but uh they're moving over but they've already been using a proof of work so it's harder for them to make the switch oh because they have to go back and they have to redo a lot of things to make it work whereas cardano Mm -hmm. they started making it proof of stake so they, they've done it right from the ground up. Like they don't have to go back and fix things later. Like better fundamentals. Yeah. They don't have to go back and start from the bottom and fix certain things. Whereas Ethereum, like if they want to make a change, they basically have to change everything before that and then everything on top of that. Hmm. So uh, proof of work is essentially how transactions are validated on the blockchain. So to... Make it simple. Uh, a bank uses a ledger um, to show when I send you money, when I send you ten dollars, 
a on a bank's ledger, which is just a, a sheet of transactions. That's all it is. It's uh, it'll show that I sent you ten dollars, and so ten dollars from my account will go to your account, and so I will have ten less dollars, and you will have ten more dollars mm-hmm. in your account, okay. and it'll yeah. prove that on a ledger. Um, mm-hmm. so what blockchain essentially is is a is a letter a ledger of transactions called a block mm. and it gets put those 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 are just strings of ledgers like transactions and they get strung together by for to other blocks that are also just you know ledgers and they chain them together and that's called a block chain okay. and so it's just a way for everybody to see the transactions on a ledger mm-hmm. so you need to verify this somehow like there needs to be some kind of way for um the system to know that i have 10 less dollars and you have Mm -hmm. 10 more dollars so that's where proof of work comes in where they have miners they have miners so miners basically are using their computer's power like energy to validate transactions basically just the it's called cryptocurrency because the uh the the transaction is encrypted it's Mm -hmm. it's uh it's a digital it's it's unsolvable. Like you can't just look at it and it see my transaction. You okay. have to you have to digitally encrypt it. Encrypt it and like and another it computer chain. has to unencrypt it for the message to be seen. Oh, okay. So hmm. I uh miners are essentially just solving these these cryptographic puzzles. And the computer is solving thousands of just like calculations every second for each transaction that is encrypted. And so when a full ledger or a full block is mined or all the transactions are validated, showing that the transaction went through, like I sent you money mm-hmm. and it proved it, it'll uh, send or it'll it'll reward the miners by validating this block with a reward, which is their incentive to mine because they're using their computer's processing power to you know, validate the transaction. So why would they want to do that if it, they weren't getting money? You know what I mean? Or mm. it's some form of payment. Incentive. Yeah, incentive. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't. So that's that's why they're incentivized to mine the transactions, which keep the blockchain working because they're solving mm. the transactions that people are making. And so that's why it's called proof of work because yes. the computers are at work. Yes. And you have to have that to be able to keep the system going. Yes, exactly. And then the the work of the computers is proving that the transactions are going through. Yeah, that's okay. exactly it. Okay. And so so proof of stake so is So proof of stake is Also this is such like heady stuff. Oh, I know. So like yeah, it's just a lot. To take it is in. a lot to take in. That's why I mean, I've been researching this for months mm-hmm. trying to just like figure it out. But proof of stake is what Cardano uses and essentially that gets rid of miners. So now computers aren't solving the puzzles anymore. Okay. Proof of stake is everybody that owns the coin stakes their coins. Basically, that means they they put their coins into a, a, a system that's showing... You're basically declaring, I have 5,000 ADA coins, Cardano States. coins. And you put it up onto this... Uh, this app, it's called Yoroi or Daedalus. Those are the two big ones right now. But mm-hmm. you put your coins into these uh, mining pools, or like they're called staking pools. 
And uh, so you put your 5,000 coins into a staking pool, and that is declaring that you have that much crypto, and everybody else that is doing this, it's it's just showing that every person that owns this certain amount of cryptocurrency is, is in the just, pool. Yeah, it's just declaring what everybody has. Like mm-hmm. everybody's just saying so. So the coins themselves, just to putting it up, that will solve the cryptographic puzzles, mm. and that and you yourself so get it, the incentive bonus of, of of getting payments by putting it up. So that, is it the the person that like puts their uh, coins initially to create the pool, right? Because it's like I create a pool yeah. so that other like stakeholders yeah. or whatever can put their coin into the pool. Yes. So is it like me being the one that created the pool for everyone else to join? Um, is it like my computer now that's processing that system to make it work to continue on? Um, that this is, this is, yeah, this is where it gets confusing. Um, I know that it takes crypto to keep a pool running. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I know that, uh, staking pools they generate money themselves Mm. like they earn money by creating a pool okay and all the people that put their money into the pool to help validate the transactions they get a reward for putting their money up and Mm. i've generated like 53 dollars or 53 coins so far that uh just by helping to validate transactions so okay. it that one is st- like it it is still a little confusing to me how proof of stake works because I'm not sure how just declaring your coins solves the puzzle hmm. or solves the transaction but yeah it does so it that's works something yeah. to look into yeah and also disclaimer for anyone's listening since this is gonna go public but just uh we're still learning <laughs> we're still amateurs yes. in all of this um it's just for discussion purposes yeah this and, is just um, everything. It, it just spurs so on ideas so then everyone can do their own individual research. Yes. In this. It's just to get you started. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, because a lot of... And it's an ongoing process with this because everything, yeah. uh, new stuff is coming out all yeah. the time with crypto. It's always changing. And it's always new things are coming out like every day. Like, And if they change or hard fork other protocols, it's like even the stuff that we once knew gets changed. Yeah. And there's constant reiteration. It's it's crazy. <laughs> there's so much information. There really is. <laughs> and there's so many different coins out there. And there's a lot of different scams, too. Mm. And that's, like, for anybody that isn't into crypto, like, this all sounds really great until you learn that it's basically the Wild West out here mm-hmm. in the crypto world. Like, there's no regulations on, like, what you can and can't do with crypto. So, like, people are setting up scams and stealing lots of money from people that if they're not careful which there are there are definitely ways to 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 be to navigate it safely and to be to be safe um in the crypto world but scams are like almost everywhere you turn and if you're not careful uh people can (coughs) take all these coins and there's no you can't go to the police because they Mm. don't really have regulations set up 
for them to <coughs> find these people. That's like the issue too that people argue against why decentralization might be a bad thing is because mm-hmm. there's no centralized force to like put blame onto to deal and respond be responsible for. Yeah. Like everyone is individually responsible yeah, for everything that happens. Exactly, you're essentially your own bank when you yeah. get into the crypto world. Um, you're not relying on the government or a centralized bank for anything anymore which mm. is it's a double edged sword like you're right like they if something does go wrong they centralized banks can literally track everything and like figure everything out or print easily. out more money <laughs> or print out more money so i truly don't want to rely on mm. them or give them the power of just like owning everything in a way yeah I mean, I think it comes down to like different belief structures. Like some people, they might want to have full responsibility over everything that happens in their life. Other people might want to put blame on other people. Yeah. Uh, so, so like we're in this situ- current situation in our system where like because we have the government that can kind of like look out for us, so to speak. Well, I don't know if they're actually looking out for us. Yeah, who knows? Uh, there's distrust with that. But just like if there was something like COVID that happens again that we could feel comfortable with like, oh, the government's going to handle all this problem and print out more money. So then we can use that to go buy stuff. But like, it's kind of like a cake with a knife in it where it's like at first in the short term, it's like, oh, they're giving us money. Like, thank you, government. But then like you're saying over time, it devalues the currency to the point of like, it might just collapse the entire system itself. Yeah. So. Yeah, basically. So it's pretty interesting how all that works, but uh, we truly won't know how crypto will affect the world until it's massively adopted. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where we're at on a day-to-day basis. It's like people are speculating on various coins to see which one will be the one to, you know, take off um, because it's moving out of just like finances, like the blockchain will be able to store, you know, any information, any information like like NFTs specifically are going to be used for like validating ticket sales at concerts. Mm. There won't be any more like scam tickets or like, you know, like scalpers um, because you'll have to validate like it validates that you own that ticket to the show. So there won't be any more fake tickets, Hmm. you know, or let's say like. So one thing that I research a lot into this, and I think this is kind of what led me into wanting to understand blockchain more and decentralization was that there's a possibility with this, that we could potentially earn a living wage on the internet, Mm -hmm. be like anywhere in the world and be able to, I don't know, put on the VR headset and like literally that becomes your day job where you can be in some virtual world making money and be able to sustain yourself, really. Yeah. Do you consider that idea? Oh, 100%. Well, that's kind of what I mean with when we were talking about the metaverse and NFTs, like owning a digital version of a gun or like a, a wardrobe. If you own the individual pieces, those are now worth like you actually own those like you you can actually get money for those things. Mm. So it becomes if you more get, valuable. It's more valuable. It's like Pokemon cards. You know, if you have a Charizard right now, those are worth like thirty thousand dollars. You can trade that for money. Mm. So 
if you have a digital item that you own and somebody wants it, you can trade him Ethereum for it, and then you can swap that into dollars. And now you've traded mm. and made money. You're flipping, like you would flip a car for dollars. You're flipping digital art for dollars. Mm. So that's one way people can make a living off of crypto. But there also is this new thing that's coming out. Um, it's called play to earn where video games or crypto decentralized play video games are enabling people to earn crypto by playing the game. <laughs> so people will pretty soon be able to actually earn a living off of playing video games. Whoa. And uh, it's already <laughs> starting. And they like the first one was uh, Axie Infinity, which I don't know much about, but that's just the biggest one. Axiom? Uh, Axie Infinity. How it's do you spell like, that? Uh, A-X-I-E. Infinity. Infinity. <laughs> and and uh, so that was the first one. Um, it's just like a digital game. I think you like grow creatures or it's like a card game or something. And then there was Crypto Kitties. Oh, right. Which uh, I also don't know much about, but I've heard uh, that that's a game as well. And then the newest one I've heard about two days ago is called Alluvium, mm. which is the first RPG role-playing game. Um, Whoa. Digital or decentralized video game so you'll actually be able to own the items in the game and trade them and like you'll actually earn crypto by playing the game itself so it'll be kind of like world of warcraft where there's actual economy in that world and like if you earn gold in world of warcraft maybe that you could find a way to like transfer that out into real world currency oh yeah or the real world will use that currency it will use that currency it will use crypto as the currency Mm. crypto will be the digital currency in the metaverse so it's not like you're you're making a fake. So you can go on quests and yeah. stuff. So like when you play a video game now, like Ooh. World of Warcraft, the gold that you're in the game is just used for the gold that's used in the game, or like the item, like what you can buy in the game. But if the currency in that game was decentralized and like you actually owned pieces of the gear, hmm. now the what you used in the game to buy that gear could also be used to sell for real dollars. Hmm. So you can actually make a real value out of playing the game and being really good at the game and earning all the highest rewards in the game now there's a value incentive to actually do that instead of just playing and playing the game yeah you know what i mean so that's kind of where it's going right now with uh Mm. earning a living off of it um people are also earning a living off of like yield farming which is basically just like owning a certain amount of a coin and earning like an interest just by owning the coin it's like uh like a dividend like a dividend sort. basically like i know that's uh or like you're letting someone else use your coin so yes. someone can kind of like it's kind of like lending and borrowing yeah it, you're, some sort. it is basically that and they pay like an interest on the loan that they take out yes that uh so you're loaning out your coins and your incentive to do that is like you're earning an interest every month uh by how much you've lent out hmm. And uh, so people are earning a good return on investment just from that. But the con to that is like you don't have access to your coins and there's like a five or six day wait once if you. Oh, like, you have to hold. You have to hold it. You have to hold it. <laughs> there's like a five to six day wait uh, if you decide like, oh, I want my coins back. Like you can't just get them back immediately. Um, okay. You got to wait and then you can you'll have access to your coins again. Because okay. the whole thing is like. If you don't have access to the private key, which the private key is just like a series of words, like 24 different words that you use. Um, 
because each coin is has its own private key that shows that you own that coin. So, uh, is it, that sort of like the NFTs where yeah, it's, it's has just, digital ownership? Yeah, it's just what's showing that you own the item. Um, okay. But if you're, if it's in like a cold wallet, mm. you own the private key, like you have access to it. But if it's on Coinbase still, like if all your coins are still up on Coinbase, Coinbase technically has the ownership of your private key to that coin until you withdraw it into your wallet. So they technically own the coin mm. if it's still on Coinbase. So like if you get a cold wallet, like I have a Ledger S, which is just, uh, it's it's offline. So an online wallet like Coinbase or like most of these wallets that you see, uh, they can, if they get hacked, they're all online, you know? So it, if, if it gets hacked, your coins could potentially be stolen. Hmm. Um, do you have it in cold storage? I have or? all, I have a lot of my coins into cold storage using like a nano ledger, a ledger nano. And it just, it, it connects to your phone and then you, you have, you, you have a digital pin code that it gives you. And so you validate the transaction with that thing and it moves it from an online like mm. hackable wallet to an offline encrypted unhackable wallet and if you lose this digital device you're fucked you're not fucked <laughs> no no because you're given these 24 words uh, it's like a recovery phrase mm. and as long as you have that so like you should put that on like they have like these metal etching things so you can engrave the words onto a uh, like an unburnable little etching thing and then put that in a safety deposit box mm. that'll ensure that your money is forever safe so if you lose your digital device which has all your coins on it like you have your wallet right now if you lost your wallet you lost however much like however much real money you have in there like paper money mm. so but this it's like if you have your phrase and lose your your device you can get a new device and then just input that phrase that you stored privately that nobody else has access to mm -hmm. into a like, safety deposit box and then you just put that phrase back into your thing and you have access to all your coins again okay. so it's, so a, it's to, very safe to kind of like understand your process uh do you get it off coinbase i do or, okay that's Most your main coins. exchange that you go through yes and if I can't use Coinbase, I swap. So like I a Uniswap? Uniswap. Okay. And I, because uh, I don't have Binance, because Binance isn't available uh, in New York. A lot of coin, a lot of, a lot of digital exchanges aren't available in New York because New York has a, um, I forget, it's called, you need to have a KYC, which I don't know what that means, but I know that it's very hard to get. And only very few exchanges have it, like Gemini and Coinbase. Um, okay. And that allows you to buy various coins, but you can't buy all of them. So, like, I don't have... Because New York State doesn't approve KYC? Yeah, it's just... Or it doesn't have KYC? Whatever, it, it doesn't it matter. It doesn't like... approve KYC easily. Okay. It's very difficult. I, it has something to do with the stock market being in New York City. Oh, And Makes it's sense. something to do with that. Uh Okay. Something to look into, but it just makes it harder for other like for exchanges to have like Dogecoin needs to get a certain amount of K like it needed a KYC or like 
it didn't need a KYC. Most states don't. No. Okay. New York requires you have a KYC. So mm. Ethereum went through, <coughs> or sorry, Gemini got the KYC to have Ethereum on there. Okay. And, um, but like other states like California and like places around the like U.S., they don't need to get a KYC because their mm. state doesn't require it. Basically, okay. it's just like regulations within the state. Like legal matters that make it difficult to mm. to own a coin. Okay, and to expand on this, just uh, I want to get your take. But uh, if someone is just storing their coins in Coinbase or on exchange, um, do you think specifically Coinbase, since that's the one of the biggest exchanges out there, do you think that it's safe at this point to just hold your coins in there? Um, it is relatively safe in that they have, um, insurance. They have like oh, over yeah. like a hundred million dollars. If they get hacked, like you're backed up, like you will really? get your oh, stuff okay. back. Um, not all places have that, but Coinbase does get hacked, and like these things do happen. So if you want to navigate and you want to make sure that your money is safe, like a hundred percent, you would want to use a cold wallet, and you would also want to use a VPN every time you decide to like sw like use your coins in any way so that you're hidden like you're not hmm. your geo location is scrambled oh, so it wow. looks like you are in like russia or something like that that's what vpns do do you they think that'll eventually IP. get built into the system as Probably decentralized not. like g what is it GPS. uh gps yeah decentralized um, gps i doubt that because like you need a VPN on your computer just to scramble where you are. I'm not sure if it'll get built in. I'm not sure how that would work. Hmm. Okay. But um, typically you want and just like I have an encrypted email that I use to sign up for digital exchanges. I so that my like email information isn't like sent out to people. Um, I I, I have an encrypted email. I have the VPN and I have the cold storage wallet. Those are like the the, the trifecta mm. to, to navigate the crypto world safely. And okay. also never give out your security phrase that you're given. <laughs> right. That is like the, the number one rule. You will never lose money or get scammed as long as the you seed know phase. That. The seed, seed phrase. phrase. The seed phrase. As long as you never give that out and you follow those three things, mm. you'll your money is safe. Okay. But uh, it, the scammers are very tricky with how like, they'll make fake fake uh websites that you're used to like and they'll have you log in but oh, they'll be wow. sneaky about it and they'll have you put in your seed phrase <laughs> but it'll, it, they'll make it look identical to the original way that you log into the, the normal way the normal application Whoa. but they'll change it very slightly and if you're not paying attention and you input your seed phrase they can they've you've just logged in using <laughs> their fake version of like a wallet and now they have access to your coins and they'll just mm. send it right out to their wallet and destroy you basically <laughs> yeah you're you're, you're screwed <laughs> so that is that is like the the safety part of it but uh safety yeah. first safety first <laughs> don't want to lose your monies okay so uh how uh long do you think all this will be until it's somewhat established so that like the general population is going to be involved with crypto um, I, I'm, I'm as long as Elon and 
Michael <laughs> Saylor keep talking about it. Not that far away. Um, it's it's everybody is just scared to get into it. I feel like a lot of people know about crypto now. Like they've heard of it and they're like, oh, Bitcoin. Like, yeah. But until they know that it's like like companies are, are buying Bitcoin and like until it's used as like a payment source on a lot of different like if PayPal starts accepting, like you'd be able to use Bitcoin. If Amazon lets you use Bitcoin or whatever coin gets adopted, that is when the mass adoption will happen because then mm. you will have more reason to own those coins. You know what I mean? It's like if you can't go on like right now and buy a lot of things with Bitcoin, like what's what's the point of holding Bitcoin mm. as, as, a, as something else other than a store of value? Because like it's basically just digital gold but you don't necessarily use gold to buy things. You just use it to store the value of your money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people use gold, like will take gold as a payment source. You know what I mean? It's like buying a house. It's like you're, you're putting your money into the house and the house is, is owning is holding and growing in value itself. You know what I mean? Which is why they called Bitcoin sometimes like digital property. Yes. That's what Yeah. Okay, are you like a Bitcoin maximalist in the sense of, because like you're saying how you're in the short term investing in Cardano, Ethereum, because they have higher price movements mm -hmm. and you'll get more gain, which I agree. I've been like studying the markets with this too. And it's like four to five X higher than yeah. Bitcoin trends. Uh, but eventually you're going to move your coins over to Bitcoin. Yes. So do you think that a lot of them. eventually when it gets like fully established, that most of these currencies, cryptos, is going to get kind of like eaten up by Bitcoin? Um, well, it all depends on use cases, really. I Bitcoin's not really developed. Like, you can't have an NFT on the Bitcoin blockchain. You can't do a lot of the things you can do on Cardano or ETH, uh, Ethereum. So they're kind of like racing with each other. And I, I, I don't think one will necessarily be the most like adopted in a way mm. like i think there will be multiple <clears throat> that are used depending on what you want to do with them so like bitcoin basically was the first ever it started the the whole shooting match it's mm. like that's why its value is so high right now but the ethereum is technically more valuable in the way it's used and like you're able to make yeah. nfts and all this and i think cardano will be able to do that even more so they're kind of just building on top of each other. You don't so, think that it's like a winner-takes-all market? I don't. Okay. I don't think that uh, one will necessarily own the entire like market. Um, it's not going to be like <clears throat> Google or Amazon or Facebook. I well, there will probably be big players. There are but, big players. Like Those are the big players. Like, and they the, can coexist. And they can coexist. Um, you know, like... You know, Facebook might have been like the first huge social media, but it's definitely not now. You know what I mean? Like Twitter mm. and then Instagram came out and like you have like now TikTok. So like TikTok's like huge right now. Like TikTok is like what I think Cardano is a few years ago. So like TikTok was nothing like a few mm. years ago. Oh, okay. But and so was Cardano right now. It's like technically not in like usable. But when TikTok came out, it's now basically the number one crypt, like uh, number one social media that everybody uses, and it's all about use case and like, so like it's not like Facebook went away. It's just that 
the use cases and like what people find value in using that app has switched. So now TikTok is on top and Facebook's kind of at the bottom. Okay. So I don't necessarily think that and you one think, will rule forever. And you think there's enough network adoption with Ethereum and Cardano that they'll be able to maintain their established system? Because a lot of yeah. people are saying like, oh, Ethereum was second in creation to Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. That uh, all, like in the whole um, two th early 2000s with the digital age and the internet coming to be that like all the early companies ended up collapsing and going to zero like do you think the same kind of theme is going to happen with crypto where these definitely. early companies yeah it could definitely crypto. happen like um there's nothing to say that ether will be around 10 years from now or bitcoin will be like uh if people start thinking ethereum's better than bitcoin they'll move out of bitcoin bitcoin's price will drop and if more and more people stop using it as a store of value, it will stop being a store of value. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. Do you think Bitcoin, from your personal perspective, that'll last? Or, like, a last. Theory, like the, the test of time, the um, next, like, 50, 100 years that we'll still have a Bitcoin and Ethereum? Yeah. Um, I Honestly, I don't know. Okay. I think so. Um, as because Bitcoin was the first, Whoa. um, that there was, so it's got first player movement, you know, mm -hmm. so it could be around for forever, but uh, it really comes down to what one everybody starts to use the most. I think it's ultimately like what we were saying in the beginning of like the grand vision of all this. I think it's whatever cryptos going to get integrated into some VR digital world yeah. where it's actually usable and where we're actually getting money like making I don't know questing and going on adventures and stuff and yeah. the MMORPGs that are soon to be um, okay are you familiar with Polkadot at all? Um, I, I looked it up a little bit I have not been that um, knowledgeable on it I know that it's like a a, a, like a layer two solution layer three layer if three. if you're considering that like bitcoin's layer one ethereum's layer two and then cardano's like layer 2.53 mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's like its own separate thing and then polka dot being the layer three so just to give you some background in it um are you like interoperability what that means is like it's trying to find a way to connect all of these different crypto ecosystems as one like decentralized system mm -hmm. and so big polka dots mission is trying to like create an open source platform of sort where like ethereum all these different protocols can go to polka dot and then communicate with each other um so in this like metaverse kind of way hmm. so it's maybe not necessarily has to be like a facebook like a centralized organization to be able to like bring all these things together but it's instead maybe another decentralized layer that can do this that's interesting <clears throat> yeah i haven't really looked into that as much so that. like yeah the big players right now is polka dot and cosmos mm. um polka dot having more security cosmos having more the quote-unquote interoperability uh cosmos being more like or open source to allow more of this like freedom of 
experimentation to happen yeah. sort of like what ethereum does where it's like anyone and everyone can just like go on and just start building stuff mm -hmm. but polka dot has more structure to it with like um gavin wood he was the co-founder of ethereum when it first came out but he's the guy that's like running the show um and he's directing this to go where it's gonna go but because it's more of like a organized system in that sense it has more possibility to have more security once it starts getting like rolled out to being used but uh yeah i don't know i i think that's going to be the next big play um how we had like the huge cardano run-up i think polka dot and cosmos is going to be the next run-up okay because yeah. it's it's something that the crypto space really needs it's not necessarily something that's like an ethereum back token that's just like some extra thing to like add to the system but like we really as far as like solving problems goes i think we really need to find a way to create more interoperability i agree yeah that is that is probably one of the biggest things that's going into each coin in development right now is like how they can all like work together mm. in a way so yeah i'll have to look into that a little bit more yeah definitely I don't know much about it and like you were mentioning earlier that you think Facebook will end up finding a way to take control over this like crypto space. Um, I think they'll take control of the metaverse. So yeah, could you be expand on that a little bit? Um, Wait, so if they theorize. own the land, like let's say in New York City, if okay. you owned like the physical land, if you own the physical land, then that. Whoever wants to build a building on top of your land has to pay money and like probably a lot of money or like whatever they do on there, they have to go through you first because you own the land that they're mm -hmm. building on top of. And so essentially Facebook will own the digital land, like the digital entire world that you're playing in. Um, on the outside. On the outside. They'll own that in a way. And whatever games or whatever stuff is built on top of that, they will basically have direct control of. Hmm. Because so they if they're it. like, oh, you, sorry, we're going to move this set of computers to a different location. Or like, we're shutting you down. Yeah, they could basically just shut you down. Okay. Like, uh, I'm hmm. not sure. Because they're going to own the hardware that powers the VR, yeah. like with Oculus. Yeah. They're so building the the world itself. So like when mm -hmm. you put on the VR headset and you see me, they're building the code that allows you to see me and me to see you in the same world. Um, mm. So it's pretty interesting to think of, but in Ready Player One, the bad guys, they wanted control of the world. The dude who built... I remember they're all like trying to figure out this dude's... like. Uh, secrets and whatever because he built the he built the whole thing mm. so he had all the access to it and the evil guys wanted it they wanted to be facebook and own everything mm. but uh they ended up not being able to do that because the guy who originally made it made it so that they couldn't i forget mm. the exact plot but um okay. that's essentially so as long as Facebook keeps developing the metaverse and there's no other real competition 
they will essentially own and have a monopoly within the metaverse, if that makes sense. Which is going to put even more pressure, not pressure, but like more emphasis, more emphasis on the need for decentralized systems. Yeah. Decentralized systems. Because as Facebook grows in more power, we're going to need these cryptos to be kind of like a safe haven to like balance out the centralized force of all these like big tech companies. Yeah. That's the kind of like the way I see it. Yeah, no, that's a good way to see it. Because like the more NFTs grow and the community, like the more people are going to have the actual like data ownership over these digital assets. Uh So like even if Facebook comes around and tries to like take control, like we'll still at least have like the software, like the, the digital assets to our ownership as long as we have like these seed phrases or like these like private keys yep. that associate with our avatar. Yep. So like, let's say Facebook tries to clamp down and like shut down Oculus. Yeah, they might do that, but like some other company might take over and create like digital, create VR hardware that we can ha- now have access to and still access the digital world and like use our seed freight or our avatar code to be able to access. Yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. <laughs> That's uh, that is essentially what's going on or what will go on. Mm. And then I think it's going to be increasingly more important as artificial intelligence comes out. Yeah. He's that's essentially like having some super intelligent computer be able to like outsmart us. Yeah. And all of the data that uh, these like that Instagram and like Facebook and like VR headsets, they're collecting like data to help develop the software itself. So like, or they, AI huh? or the AI the, that'll the eventually AI destroy in, us. It, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, we're feeding the data of us into the AI. The AI is compiling it and fucking making sense of it. So like these things can basically read emotions or like eye movements and like make assumptions. Like if, like you looked at if you were scrolling on your phone and you saw an ad and like mm-hmm. your phone front camera is watching you like you you know that it's uh, real because like the face unlock thing like your face can really oh, unlock your phone so what else can they do with that you know not, not mm-hmm. a lot of people think of that they can literally track your eye movements on your phone so if you're looking if they show you an ad when you scroll up and it's an ad that excites you and your pupils dilate a little bit now the thing knows oh he gets an emotional response from this kind of ad i'm going to show him more ads so i can potentially sell him more things Mm. so i can sell that data to other companies that will sell him the ad that's fucked (laughs) so um yeah that's how data collection goes and that's why you you hear so much stuff about like people own it like stealing data or like not wanting their data to be like sent to these companies Mm. it's like people think like oh i don't do anything bad on the internet doesn't matter i don't care if the government's watching me like you should care it's like it doesn't matter if you're not doing anything bad or you don't care it's that they're building systems that are tracking your every movement and building a portfolio on you as a person so Mm. every time you log on to instagram every time you log on to tinder it knows like oh you're horny Every time it logs, you like go text your family. It knows how you feel when you text your family. Like it's 
all these things are connected into a giant portfolio that is you. If you've ever seen the social mm -hmm. experiment, it's that. And then you don't even own that data. You don't own that data. They sell that data to, to, to companies that then give you ads. So then they can profit. So they can profit because they know you're going to buy it. They know that you have been researching on the internet this fucking, you know, nice ironing board, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they'll start showing you ironing boards, you know, all the time because they know that they could potentially get a sale off you because you're already looking up ironing boards mm. it makes it's valuable to you it's not like they're sending you a, an ad for like a teletubby you know you're not gonna buy that it's like they're using your data to sell you things so they, they figured money. you out more than you know yourself mm. and that's scary yeah yeah that that's is why it's scary for facebook to own the entire metaverse because they'll be able to have all this data on you like the eye tracking like what you do everything you do in the game Whoever you talk to, everything you do in the game is a is a piece of data. Just taking one step is a is a code of data that gets put into a server that an artificial intelligence is is using to make decisions on how the game should advance, what people find fun in the game. It's how it develops farther. But right. they're all like it also sells your data to other people. So it's like hmm. they 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 claim that it's a good thing. But it's not a good thing. <laughs> so as we get more evolved in tech innovation, like we're going to start to integrate more with VR. So they're going to be able to take more data points from yeah. us. There will just be more. So, yeah, and more imagine data. if there, we have like a brain chip in our head. Yeah, Neuralink. It Even could literally monitor everything about yeah, us. Yeah, your thoughts. Yeah. It could probably put false thoughts into your brain. It could probably put uh, ads into your dreams. Mm. It could probably... <laughs> um, you know, give you false memories. If you've seen um, Black Mirror, there's like certain ones where they like replaced memories because they like oh, they yeah, had yeah, the yeah. chips in there and they would like they can erase them. They can erase memories, put false memories into your brain. If you ever seen an Inception, mm. like they can go into a dream and make Not you no. think that you're having an original thought in your dream. But really, it's it's like a lie that and you're not questioning your thoughts or your dreams. Most some people are, uh, but you kind of take your thoughts and your dreams kind of as your own ideas. Mm. So if they're able to go in and change the thing that makes you form ideas, they can change your opinion on things or change your your memories in a way. You mm. know what I mean? Okay, and so this is like another reason why we should have more decentralized systems in place. Yeah. So like one thing I've been looking into is um, it's called storage, yeah. S-T-O-R-J. Yeah. And essentially what that's allowing us to do is be on a blockchain with our data yeah. so that we have personal data ownership over everything that we are collecting. Yeah, like your on pictures ourselves. and your documents. So like if we have something like that in place, even if a Facebook comes along with an artificial intelligence supercomputer that we could now have control over whether or not we want to sell that information to them and we get more profit, more value out of that than just being at the demise of all of this data control that we have no ownership yeah. over. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I have storage. I, or at least I, I started to use it and like I started mm. putting some stuff on there. Oh, I didn't know that we could actually use it. You can actually use it. Okay. Yeah. It's a, like, it's a, dig it's a, uh, it's like the cloud. So it's just a, it's a 
cloud storage system that it stores your documents onto the blockchain instead of on a, a server that Google owns. Like Google Drive, okay. like all your all your documents when you put your things into Google Drive, Google owns all that. Like they have access to all of that information, can access it whenever they want because you put it into their system. Hmm. Okay. And it's just on a server on in a, in a room somewhere just waiting. Like they can access it whenever they want. So do you know where that data gets stored to in storage? It's stored onto the blockchain. Oh, so, so it's a software. So it validates that you put your document. Oh, because it's a cloud. Yeah, it's a cloud. Yeah. So it's 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 validating that your stuff is on the blockchain. So it's probably stored in your computer then. It's stored on every computer that's used on the Whoa. blockchain. So well, okay. that's that's where the world supercomputer thing comes in. It's like mm. when you put it one place, you put it all places. One thing makes up the the one part of the whole. Mm. So you're connecting to the whole of the internet when you go to when you mm. log on to the internet. You yeah. are just you are you're like a drop of water that gets dropped into the ocean. And oh, so you're right. now the whole ocean. You have access, <laughs> you you are part of everything. Mm. And that's what I meant earlier about the mycelium thing, like how birds move together in like these weird formations, like they're, mm. they're a hive mind. That's essentially what a blockchain is. It's a hive mind where if you connect to the hive mind, you are the whole hive mind. You have mm. all of the information in front of you. So. You're probably a good person to talk to about this. Um, I know that you have some research into spirituality and you watched a lot of different like YouTube videos and done research about this. But um, do you ever consider the idea that like we're already living in a virtual reality of sorts? Yeah, all the um, time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so like we're let's say we're in a virtual reality right now trying to create another virtual reality of sorts. Um, and have you studied like enlightenment kind of stuff, like yeah. meditation practice? Yeah. Um, but like one theory I had was, so like we're in a virtual reality right now, trying to create a virtual reality of like this decentral land type thing. Mm -hmm. um, but then meditation allows us to sort of get out of this current virtual reality into some other virtual reality. Yeah, on other thing that like when we, I don't know, use mushrooms or yeah. like psychedelics and like, or like reach enlightenment that we're able like somehow get out of this simulation that we're in, mm -hmm. of so some so to speak. Have you done any? Have you gotten any information about that? Um, I, I'm not sure what is outside of the okay. simulation if if there is one, but uh, I think that like. What what have you learned about this through your like whole journey? I don't want to like try to pigeonhole yeah. you no. into like my theory, yeah. but like what what's your take on this whole thing? Um, I think that it's it's really weird. I think that we could be in a video game. Like we were born and we we're all of a sudden just like here. You know what I mean? Like there millions of years passed throughout the universe. And then before us, and it will happen again after us. And it's like, where do we go when we dream? Like, where were we before we were born? Mm. Like, those are the kind of things I like to think of. And it's like, what was that place? Where do you go when you dream? Like, is that a, a simulation in itself? Like, is your brain just creating 
a matrix like your brain is basically the matrix it's 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 binding you to this reality but there are other realities all around us i think and i think that we have access to them and i think the meditative state and like dmt and like psychedelics they just are able to help you replace one reality with another reality because i truly think that we live in like a fractal Mm. like a like an infinite object that like as you move from the outer like the when you look at the universe you see how it looks like on like the inside of a brain you know like neurons in your brain and like as you move into the neurons and you get smaller and smaller it looks like a universe again so it's like you're moving in and like the, it's there's like more things being expanded it's the same image as you zoom in it it goes on infinitely and like the same image just keeps getting replaced and recycled so mm. like the out like the ma- macro becomes the micro and the micro goes back oh, out to the micro. so it's wow. a giant loop and yeah. it's infinite and all potential realities are within that and I think that one when, reality, like it, the reality becomes the infinite reality and it's yes. like singular, infinite, yes. singular, infinite. Because if there's like one, in, one reality, then that means that there's infinite reality. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Because like the whole thing with infinity is like, <laughs> it's everything to, to have, to have everything. Thing, you need to you have need, one. You need to have everything at the same time. Yeah. You know, like, uh, for, you to experience life, you have to. There has to be death, you know. Mm. It's it's called duality. Yeah, and it's I, like value props, where where it's like if you value something else, there's always that negative to it because yeah. you wouldn't value that one thing if there wasn't a bad thing you're yeah. trying to run from. Exactly, and so where we are right now, I think this is nothing. Like what you see around you is nothing, but to have. This right here, like to have everything that we see, there also has to be nothing at the same time. So because we see everything right now. Because we see everything. Like, so this oh is... oh so like conceptually speaking, like because we see everything, because there's that word everything, um, we're comparing it to the idea that there's nothing at the same time. Yeah. So essentially, and like, it gets pretty deep, but like, imagine like you're in a black hole and there's like absolutely nothing like the the blackest black there's no you there's no anything that is what Mm. this is how do you at the same time that Mm. because because we are experiencing this right now that literally means that okay there is nothing because Because you can't have this we can't have everything if there isn't nothing yes so it's it's, duality it's yin and yang yeah right you know? There's always an opposite to whatever there is of something. Yeah. So like. So to have the yeah. black and white, yeah, and then everything in between that. Yeah. So the infinite and nothing and everything in between that. Yeah. At the happening at the same exact time. The same time. So what what is absolute nothing then? If this is considered everything. Uh. That is a great idea. I mean, like, <laughs> what is nothing? So do you think that's what, like, reaching enlightenment is when we can have access over the nothing? Yeah, I, well, I think enlightenment is, and, like, it gets pretty deep, but I think enlightenment is literally just realizing that you are God. And But when I say mm-hmm. God, I mean, like, you are the thing encompassing everything that you see. It's everything right. and nothing. Like, you realize that you <clears throat> are every 
every bird, every piece of grass, mm. every physical thing that you see around you that you've seen your entire life, it's a part of you. You're connected to it, like mm. the internet. Like you are Ooh. part of it, so you are it. You are the whole thing. This you kind are, of it's uh, Alan Watts said, "We are just the universe experiencing itself." Mm. So we are just us. We are moving through this video game that we created. I think. I think God is basically the creator of this world, this video game, and. That's God is all there is. I think God is just one person and God is basically just like alone. And God stepped within into his own video game to experience his work, to experience himself. And we're all parts of God's parts like of video game. So we're all speak. one entity. So so like the analogy of dropping a water, piece of water into an ocean. Yeah. How you're that droplet and the ocean. Yeah. You're the droplet until you hit the ocean. But then once you hit the ocean, you've merged with the entirety of the ocean. So you essentially are the ocean. So maybe enlightenment is going from that droplet to merging with the ocean. Yeah. How like right now with my ego, I am a droplet yeah. that is separate from you the think ocean. You're separate. But until I let go of my ego, that's when realize, I merge with everything. You realize you are everything. Mm. And I from think that's enlightenment. Ooh. And from to piggyback on to this with like more of the tech innovation stuff. So like Considering the idea that maybe there's like some supercomputer that's controlling everything, that's considered like God analogously. Mm -hmm. And how like we're all like routers, so to speak, like tapping into that supercomputer frequency. And that's like creating the ego that yeah. we're like this like single being, me, like my own self is like a router that's tapping into that. And how like you have your own separate router. Mm -hmm. But then when we like let go of that, we have access to like the entire frequency of like the, the universe so to yeah. speak yeah it's like a radio uh transmission like Tra transmitter that's probably yeah. a better word not like when you listen to the radio like the radio signals are there at all times but it's not until your car radio antenna mm, tunes it into it that's when you've become a part of that frequency okay yeah so i think t consciousness is like a radio yeah. And we're tuning into this reality right now. Mm -hmm. but there and are there's other, multiple yeah, infinite there's realities. There's an infinite amount of realities. There's an infinite amount of views that have made every decision that you've ever made, the opposite decision happens. Like, think of it that way. Like, don't think, like, if I if I only asked that girl out, it did happen mm -hmm. in, a, in a reality. It did happen, and it branched off. Like, the reality With the time, indecision. It's, it the... branched off. So you have already done it in a way. But you are also here. And this is the, the reality where you experience this. Hmm. And then so all realities are branching off and they all exist. And I think that's what they think about when they say the the bubble universe or like the uh, what do they call it? It's like. A, is that the cat? The Schrodinger, like in Rick and Morty with the Schrodinger cat? No, like but the indecision is, like creates a new split reality. Yes, that. <coughs> but also like the, the micro or the. I forget what they, <coughs> they call it, but in Rick and Morty, like, you know how they have all the different Ricks and yeah. Mortys? Oh, That's okay. what I mean. Like, all the different worlds where all these different Ricks exist and all these different Mortys mm. exist. Those are all the potential realities, and that goes on infinitely. Mm. Um, And then within that, you have what you just said. So why is it that, like, me that I know of at this point, like, the only thing I can experience is this current reality in this life? Because, like, even in... 
I, I like I don't know for sure that there was the 1900s yeah before that to the BC era like yeah. that could all just be like some narrative that was for sure. told to all of us yeah. and we're just believing that but like why is it that if there was past time before this current reality in history why is it that I wasn't like an Incan in my like the the ancient times or like a Roman in like the Renaissance era like we probably were but like this single point of time the only thing I'm experiencing is the here and now the the presence the present moment yeah so to speak so like another theory that I had considered was that maybe this is like if reincarnation is a real thing and I was past lives and I'm getting recycled and now it's to this point in 2021 that this is a pivotal time in human evolution where we are going to experience the possibility that we merge with this universal consciousness of sort. And then that's why like this moment is like the pivotal moment that I need to experience that all of us need to experience because like, doesn't it make sense that this is like the last line in the road to like merging <laughs> of some sort yeah. that like that that's why like I'm not experienced or I can't have consciousness over the other experiences that I've the other lifetimes that I've lived mm-hmm. to get to this point. Yeah. See, I kind of think of that and I, I like going back to what I was saying about like you realizing that you are God, quote unquote, or like the entirety of the universe. I think that we have lived all these past lives and God is just relived these lives to experience itself in different ways. And this is the way you, you are experiencing it from your perspective now. And everybody is basically like the same thing, collecting experiences Mm. at the same time in different places. And I think that in the only thing that we think that makes us separate is the ego so it's like you have your own individual experience i have my own but like if we're saying we're connected in some way it's like no the entire universe is collecting experiences that were shared or something so we're like we're sending data of experience to to the cloud of the entirety of us of one that one being and we're all just individual transmitters like picking up information for to power some higher being so yes and i think that when you the reason why you forget about these past lives is so that you can develop the ego and realize that i like i literally think the whole reason for enlightenment is to realize that you are god Mm. that you are the entirety of the universe or you're a, a, a part of the whole you're a part of the whole. You're, yeah. I think like the whole point of us forgetting is to realize that we are it again. Makes sense. Like, do you think that ha- that happens when we die? Yeah. I like think. that is a form of enlightenment, death, because we're like letting go of the ego mm-hmm. and like merging with back into the the whole. Yeah, the universal consciousness or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. What yeah. What do you call it? Just so we were like more accurate with the word like choice what, merging <clears throat> yeah like um buddhists they i i think they call it universal consciousness mm-hmm. or like th- there's other words that people use though you the universe like yeah well god the universe uh there's uh what's what's the other the metaverse <laughs> the metaverse like the the fabric of space and time 
Okay. You know, like there's, they're all the same thing. They're all the same thing. Okay. Like the universe is what we say when we are just talking about <clears throat> all of the space encompassing everything that we see, all the planets. When you like, when you zoom all the way out in space, and you like they've when they they've reached the point where they've zoomed out max, and all of like light that we see, like the Big Bang, like where the Big Bang ends. They have now assumed that where that endpoint is, there's also like 45 trillion light years past that. <laughs> so it, okay. pro- it probably keeps going forever and it probably zooms <clears throat> all the way out until you get probably a skin cell on a human. And then mm. that zooms out. Like if you've ever seen Men in Black, they like zoom out and they're like in this guy's locker. Mm. And like that zooms out and that's in this alien world. But that alien world's probably zoomed out within a giant universe. And that giant universe is probably the smallest speck on some other giant universe, which mm. is also the smallest speck on some other. So it's infinite. It, it's a fractal. It keeps going in and in and in and in and in forever. Now I get it. Like <clears throat> how you were saying we're everything and nothing at the same time. Because yeah. like I, I wasn't thinking that big picture, but like if you zoom out of Earth and you keep zooming, Earth starts to get smaller and smaller until yeah. it's just blackness. Yeah. And then, like, the same thing, like, is happening as you, like, expand outward of the Big Bang, whatever, that, like, territory. Mm -hmm. That, like, you start to see planets and that that becomes, like, everything. And maybe you travel to that planet and that, like, like, comes into your perspective, perception to, like, now see everything in that world. But then you can zoom out and it's just blackness again. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, everything and nothing. And then you might zoom out and you might. (laughs) get a smaller version of the the earth again Mm. it's like that's kind of like what why fractals are very interesting um but yeah i those are just things i think of when i think of like what is this reality that we're in Mm. like what is like a mushroom trip you know like is that how is how do can we say that that's not more real than what we call reality or baseline consciousness and how like who's to say that when you're dreaming that's not reality like every time you are in a dream weird things happen and you don't question it at all like you Mm. you step into a dream and you you're flying a car or like you know you're jumping off a a building and flying in the moment it's totally it's like yeah like this makes sense you don't question it at all it's not until you wake up after that you realize like that was weird like this was a dream Mm. While it's happening to you, it feels real. It's just as real as anything else that you've ever experienced. So Hmm. what really is real then? So maybe I have a theory that maybe the reason why we think this is reality is because we're like chained to biology, that there's this scarcity to life in this reality that we want to hold on to because the fear that we have of biology really like if we lose this life that there's nothing else out there or something like that but in dreams like the concept of biology at least for me in my those experience i i don't dream a lot really Hmm. but like um it's more like a conception it's not like a i don't know i explain it like there's something to biology where it like makes us think that this life is more valuable than other perspectives that we experience if it's like through a dream or like through a vr headset or some Mm -hmm. sort 
So it's that like duality again, that like we value this life specifically because we fear the loss of life at the same time. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I could, I could, I, I could sing. I because could sing. of biology again. Yeah. Yeah. And pain. Like, yeah, we value life because we fe- actually feel pain in this life at the same time. And it's like that spectrum of like the very worst and the very good. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, none of those things would exist if it wasn't for duality, though. Like, we're alive because death is a thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if if everybody lived forever, there would be no point <clears throat> to life. And that's kind of why I like there's like this nihilistic view of the world. It's like you just live to die. And if like if that's like your worldview, like what's why doesn't everybody just kind of kill themselves mm-hmm. you know from from day one like what is the point like really what would the point be if we're all just gonna die and then like you just get put in the ground and that's it like is that really like the worldview you want to live mm. through like no the 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 whole reason for life is to live you know mm. it's because we're able to live and it's experience die. It's right experience like or the whole point of living might be to experience everything. Yeah. Right? The good and the bad. The good and the bad. It's 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 like you need to have both of them to experience it at all. Right. Like we literally wouldn't be alive if the ability for death wasn't a thing as well. Mm. So that's why there's something here rather than nothing here. Because for there to be something, there has to be nothing. But we're always seeing something. But we're so since we're always seeing at least something, in this reality. In this reality, that also means that there's absolutely nothing. So uh, it kind of makes me think that like the universal consciousness or universe is like trying to guide us towards evolution. If we're we're in this reality, seeing something at all times, unless you're dream, unless you're sleeping mm-hmm. and there's like total blackness. But like, yeah. Because of there's the possibility of the duality of like nothingness and everything. And in this current reality of Earth and the here and now, what we're experiencing, we're experiencing everything like plants, like wall, and like human beings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That like the universal force, I think, is trying to guide us into this evolution of progression towards like creating more of everything. Yeah, I can see that. We kind of are like cogs in this whole system, though. Yeah. <laughs> At least on the individual level, mm-hmm. like working with the universal force towards progression of, yeah. I don't know, whatever this next iteration of reality is going to be. I agree. I, I don't know if you saw that episode of Rick and Morty where they had the, uh, I think they called it the hive or something like that. It was like, where Rick was like having sex with all of like the the town people and like mm. all the town people were like controlled by that one entity. It's like they all were like working together as a, a hive mind for the whole but uh it was it was really just it like each of those people that were acting as they're basically just like robots or like ha- harvests or like for the grand scheme of the, yeah, they're the just project. Like, they're they're husks that the 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 consciousness of that being can then input itself into. So mm. it's it's oh, like oh, our radios so, 
Sort of like and we're how we're tuning into consciousness. Oh, I was thinking sort of like how Rick he uses universe or like worlds to power his car. Yeah, everything is just to be used for something else, so to yeah. speak. <laughs> yeah, and it could keep going like that. That whole like universe within a universe thing is most likely correct. Like, why do we keep building these? like vr worlds and like within a vr world there would probably be a vr world right. within that vr world it'll it'll go infinitely mm-hmm. because like i think it's just natural for us to like develop these fractal like things mm-hmm. where if you keep zooming out it's it's the same situation happening infinitely and i like there's just something to that like infinity like we can't really imagine what infinity is we just imagine that it just doesn't end. Mm-hmm. But if you zoomed out and like you saw our universe, but there's copies of all of our universes next to each other. Um, I forget. I, I think they call it the bubble universe or something, the suds theory or something like that. It's just like all of these universes exist. So. Other universes can be built within it. Yes. And I think as we keep zooming out, we get the same universe that built ours Uh, and we keep zooming out and like who built theirs are you saying the same as in like you think this earth that we're living in right now there's like an exact replica of this somewhere else i think there are there are there's an infinite (coughs) amount of views right now like like a mirror facing a mirror like Mm. when you put a mirror next to a mirror it, it goes in it's infinite like you just can't see how small it gets but it's forever mm. it never ends so i think right now that's happening like there's millions of views and me is talking right now and they're literally doing the exact same thing but each one is making different choices or saying different things that lead to different and all potential possibilities mm. and i think all worlds are doing Whoa. that all like it's in- all happening at the same time infinite amount of times and you just can't recognize it like your brain physically can't do that because we're just chained to this reality because we're in the ego yeah because we our brains are like like we can't see gamma rays or infrared Mm. you know like we've we're only seeing one small part of the electromagnetic spectrum so and we're limited by our biology of having eyes like why couldn't we have grown different organs to have other sensory perceptions yeah yeah, why haven't we evolved to see gamma rays? Yeah, or... like I'm surprised we aren't just brains yet. And why is it that we only have five senses? Like the sense of intuition, maybe in other realities, like people are able to predict where like the crypto market's yeah. going to go and stuff. Yeah, well, there's definitely <laughs> potential realities where the worlds were built differently. Like there's alien versions of us where, you know, maybe we don't breathe air, we breathe methane. Mm. You know what I mean? And that would change everything. We'd be like fucking crocodile monsters. You know, or something like that. So, like, all potential mm. realities of all potential worlds, I think, exist right now in this moment. We just don't have direct access to it. But you probably could, and I think that's what meditation is. Mm. Is is disconnecting from this reality and kind of getting in tune with all of everything and being okay with that and just, like, sitting with it and being. It's like teleportation almost. In a way, yeah makes me want to meditate more yeah yeah i definitely don't meditate enough i need to like i have add and like i i sit down and like i try to like just like relax because i i like clench my jaw a lot and like my face is always just like 
scrunched and like tense. Like I try to just sit and like relax. But like when I meditate, it's not. I don't think it's meditating. Like I don't go into like a trip. I'm just like relaxing and trying to like hear. Like I've heard that how you meditate is to just like listen to every sound that you hear until you're not really hearing it anymore. Kind of like how if you say tree a million times, the the, the uh, meaning of tree means nothing to you anymore. Like tree is just tree, like tree, tree, tree. What's mm. a tree? Tree, like we just call a tree a tree because it's what we call a tree. So, um, and that that actually could be a metaphor to like how we're saying enlightenment is nothing because like I think there's something to like having an ego where we think this life right now is meaningful, mm-hmm. but then. When you let go of that ego, then you start to realize that things are more meaningless because there's like infinite possibilities of everything. Yeah. And so like when we're saying doing that exercise of like, oh, tree, 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 tree. At first, our ego is like latching onto the tree, the yeah. word. And it's like, oh, that's meaning. It has like values yeah. to it and like attributes. But then like over time, as you say it enough, right, it goes to being meaningless. Yeah. Like you. Same thing with like um, the meditation practice of like. Okay, I'm experiencing this. I'm closing my eyes. So there's one degradation of meaning. I'm not seeing something. Mm -hmm. And then now my thoughts are happening and I let go of those. And that gets rid of the sound and the noise in my head. And it's like little leveling down, like degradations of perceptions that we have till we get to the point of meaninglessness or nothingness. And that is just being in a complete state of, of being. Like you're no longer... You're no longer thinking in your head. You're no longer listening to the thoughts and associating the sound of a bird. Like, oh, that's a bird. Like mm. you're you from birth. Like you've been like, in a way, brainwashed. Like you're told a tree is a tree, and forever you don't see it as a tree, or like you don't like. Before you knew a tree, and like you were told, and it was labeled as a tree, it was this magical thing that grew out of the earth, and you're like, whoa, what the hell is that? And then somebody said, oh, that's a tree. And so forever in your head now, you associate that with just being a tree. It's no longer that magical thing anymore that just was something. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've limited it to just being a tree and it will always just be a tree in your head. So that's essentially what I think meditation is. It's like removing the, the like what we place meaning on. And it's like you just listen and you don't hear anything like you're you're letting the sounds just happen. You're letting your thoughts just happen and you're letting your breath just happen and all those things come together into one singularity. And I think that is like being in the moment or like Mm. being in that. I think that's what the meditative state is, is like you're just Mm. being in a complete state connecting with everything. And I even think maybe um, so like being present, like we try to like pick up on the bird bird noise or the wind blowing or like what I'm seeing right now. That might even be like the sensory perceptions of our biology might be distractions from what actually means to be present, which is like something outside of this reality. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, this is all speculation. I mean, like, I don't know any of this for sure, um, but it's definitely feels there's something it, uh, definitely there to what it. we're told about reality and like we just are apes that grew up you know, and evolved and like, we're born to die. Mm. I don't think that that narrative and like science basically tells us like, this is how things are, but who's to say that science is the absolute way 
to know what truth is. Mm. How does that? How do we define what truth really is? How it's do we all know, in our framework yeah. of. How do we know that meditation isn't the way to find absolute truth of something? Like, what is truth with a capital T? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, like we've we've all just like kind of like whatever science comes out with, we just kind of take that for fact. And we just believe what they've said because they, quote unquote, have proven it. Mm. But who's to say that you can't prove it in other ways? And we're uh, too stupid to get to that point of knowing what consciousness is at this point. Yeah. So that's like to tie this back into technology. um, What we're advancing towards in potentially our generation is the scientific provability, if that's even a word, of like, no understanding what consciousness is through like things like Neuralink or VR and like potentially being able to prove this idea of like us being able to experience other realities. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then that could give that that could lend itself to the po- possibility of like all these theories that we're talking about that we're coming from other realities, that we're creating new... Yeah, by the act of creation of new realities, then it gives rise to the possibility that we've come from other realities as well. Yeah, because that would uh, mean that there's an infinite amount of those different realities. And if we can create Neuralink that's able to tap into this like universal intelligence, so to speak, and maybe I'm going to be able to access your memories... That that gives rise to again, like the proving of yep. the the spiritual theories. I agree, but there's always gonna be downsides with those kind of things, like Neuralink, because like evil, like if there's a way to use it for for evil, like the ego mind, if there's a way to use it to manipulate, it will happen. Mm. So like, and that's why decentralization is more important, yeah. increasingly more important, increasingly more important, because like you want to own your data mm-hmm. basically you want to own the right to have those things yeah yeah i think that was a good place to end i think that's it <laughs> well sure cool we we yeah we did it we figured out the universe <laughs> we figured out the universe yeah. and <laughs> well thank All you right. for having me on yeah. thanks eric yeah thank All you right. it's been real <laughs> okay nice Tell me it was recording. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there you have it. Thanks again for tuning in to Bindalism, a philosophy to self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to explore other episodes of Bindalism on our Spotify and Apple podcast. You can find more Boho Hobo stuff on Instagram and Twitter at Boho underscore Hobo underscore, as well as on our Facebook page at Boho Hobo Lifestyle. It'd also be dope if you could subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Our YouTube channel has more episodes from Bindalism in video form, along with other random shenanigans that we're up to. We're constantly filming new experiences, so it's one way you guys can stay up to date with us in our journey. So yeah, I guess that's it for now. Until next time, peace.